In this season of Hack Chat, we speak to industry leaders in cybersecurity. If you're fake, people know you fake. Describing the behavior of the most sophisticated actors in the space, it was considered to be not worth your time. Do it because you love it. Any computer problem was to wipe and reinstall your stuff. Like I got to dive into the mindset. How beneficial this tool is, how impactful. To get access to all this mindshare. That's the creative process, the process of trying. Welcome to Hack Chat. My name is Marco Figueroa, and today I have a special guest. I've known this guy for a very, very long time. I even forgot the first time I met him. But I always remember meeting up with him at ShmooCon. Chris Gates, the man, also known as Cardinal Onich. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, I'm excited about this. I am super excited because, you know, there's a lot of things I want to go over. I know people that will watch this is going to take a lot from it, right? One thing I wanted to start with, can you let the viewers know your background, how you got into the game? How I got into the game? Uh, like, how far back do we want to go? Ah, go for it. Go for it. So I, I didn't know anything about computers until I was in college. I'm not one of those guys that had like a Commodore 64 or anything like that. We couldn't really afford any of that stuff. But um, it was I was in college, and the solution to any computer problem was to wipe and reinstall your stuff. <laughs> um, and so most people know uh, West Point grad mm -hmm. so that was the solution anytime your computer had a problem they said bring it in they'd wipe it you get it back all your stuff would be gone so all your mp3s all your other things would be gone all your docs and so uh, after a while I got tired of doing that so I started fixing it myself and that's how I got started um, into like computers yeah. <clears throat> it wasn't until uh, I got in trouble at school I think I've told the story before but I got in trouble at school I graduated late and in that summer that I had the extra summer, they took me to DEF CON 10. And it was there on the top of the Alexis Park, that mm -hmm. hot-ass tent. Jeremiah Grossman Oof. was talking about cross-site scripting, and Bruce Potter was up there talking about cracking web. Um, and that's when I realized, like, these are my people. This is what I wanted to do. And that's that was my turning point. That's when I knew what I wanted to do was at DEF CON 10. Man, um, you brought me back to that hot-ass tent. It was hot. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I was always, most of the time I was in the room watching it in the Alexis park. Cause it was just too hot up there on the tent. But one thing I didn't know, you went to West Point. Yeah. West Point, right? So, so I've, when I was in junior college, I played baseball and we used to play West Point once a year. How was oh, that awesome. like? Were you there all four years? Yeah. No, from uh, like 98 to 2002 and in, in a little into December, 2002, um, so I was there when, uh, 9-11 happened. So that was, that was big. You know, when I joined the military, it was, it was, they, Gulf War was over. We were kind of in like peacetime, if you will. Yeah. And then 9-11 happened. Um, so it was, yeah, weird, weird times. Um, you know, very thankful for my service. Thankful to still be here. I was honored to, to get to do those things. But, uh, um, I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it to my kids. Like it's not your traditional like school where you get to have, I wouldn't say I had fun. Oh, no, I, I heard about <laughs> the freshmen's. When you enter no TV, you study all the time, you do a lot of things. I was like, nope, I'll never come here. Yeah, their whole thing is giving you more things to do than you have time to do it. Mm -hmm. And like they do that on purpose. Like you're taking huge course loads. They know that you can't complete all the homework that you have. So you you very quickly learn to prioritize what what is immediately important. And that's yeah. that it sucks at the time, but then when you're in the military, you're in the military, or even even now, like if someone gave me a list of things to do, I can very quickly say, okay, well, I can rank order them in my head and say, okay, well, this one can wait till tomorrow, this one can wait till never, you know, or I'll wait till someone brings it up again, and you just learn how to just prioritize, and that's a skill that I don't think a lot of people have, or it's harder to learn. But I had you know four or five years of it. Nice. What have good you good at it now? Yeah. What have you been up to in the last two years in terms of your career in depth? Yeah, so I made the jump from being like an IC and like an engineer on a red team to running them. You know, my for many years I was like, oh, I want to, I want to know what it's like to build out a red team because you know every, I don't know every twenty something, thirty something year old can do it better than the other guy. And it's not until you actually start doing it that you realize how hard something is. 
Um, but yeah, so I, I was at hundred X before that we built out the red team function there, really the offensive security function. Um, I think a lot of people get triggered on the red team word and what that means. And so I really like to think of offensive security as doing the purple teaming, the pen testing, uh, and the red teaming really, you know, validating assumptions. My big thing, I think when I had my pitch for the team is always like, I validate assumptions that the company makes around security all things, right? So you think this is good. We think you do this, it will happen. Um, so it's my job to make sure that that actually happens. And then if it does happen, great. How do I get around that? How do I bypass that? How do I make it so you don't see me? Um, that's really how I start to summarize what my team is up to and what they do. So yeah, built a team out there and <clears throat> just recently jumped. Um, now I'm at Robinhood building out their red team function there. Nice. So really excited for that opportunity. You know, one of the cool things that I've noticed, you know, I, I, Maybe we don't speak every month, right? But what I do do is, you know, I always have, you know, my notifications turned on when you tweet or when you're on LinkedIn. And it, it feels like you're so strategic when you're moving jobs. You know, some people stay at jobs too long and maybe a year, but it, it feels like you are just right. Every move you make is very strategic. And, you know, my thought was like, you were going to stay at Facebook for, I don't even know, right? Especially yeah. you, you got to present in front of Zuck and, yeah. and that was awesome. And I seen pictures yeah. of that. Yeah. And it just seems like when you move, it's like, wow, wow, very strategic. What goes behind that? I mean, it's a little bit, a lot of what we talked about um, on the other time was it's a lot of the universe looking out for me and putting things uh, in just right, bring them up right when I need to. Um, there was some challenges at the previous job. And uh, about the time that I decided I was ready to, to work at another place, like this, the person that ended up hiring me just reached out. It was like, hey, I have this position open. I think you'd be great for it. I was like, awesome, let's go talk about it. Um, and that's really happened. It, I mean, my getting into Facebook was the manager there knew me from Twitter. And um, I, I, he's kind of private, so I won't say who it is, but um, he just reached out and was like, Hey, I have this position open. I think you'd be good fit for it. And it was the offensive security engineer. It was like the first offensive security engineer at Facebook. And, um, it was a great fit. Um, it was everything that I wanted to do it was all the things that I had been missing in, in my consultant life. Cause really as a consultant, I was really struggling with how long it took people to get better or seeing the results of your work. So you spend all this work a week or two on somebody and you actually don't see what happens after you leave. And yeah. it's quite frustrating. It becomes frustrating. For a while, you don't care. And maybe some people don't care. It started to bother me that I was doing all this work and I didn't actually see that people were improving with all the effort that I put into the, the mm -hmm. test. And um, when you go internal and you start working on internal teams, it really starts to become something you can follow and track. But more importantly, and what's harder is it becomes starts to actually become your problem. Um, consultant land, you just throw the, you throw the report over and you're like, good luck. Um, yep. See ya. Um, and then it was my, the story I tell about that is, you know, my first real big pen test at Facebook, uh, I did that. I found a bunch of stuff. And I was like, yep, yeah, this is broken. Good luck. And my manager was like, nope. How do they fix it? And I was like, why, why? He's like, cause we fix things, you know, we're not just problem creators or problem finders where we, we fix things. And so he made me go back. Um, trying to think. it was like a Jenkins issue and it was around like unauthenticated things. So, I went and installed like every plugin that they had for different authentications and decided, you know, of the multitude of ways you could do authentications in Jenkins, which one should Facebook use for that, for that environment that I found it in. And I did the work and I wrote up the wiki page on how to do it. And then I went and found all the ones that were broken and, and messaged and found and tracked down the, the owners of these, these, these systems and it got fixed. And then there was an article on how to fix it. Um, and it felt really good. That was probably the first thing I'd ever really fixed and yeah. felt like it would be fixed forever. Wow. Um, because, you know, consulting, like it's a new, new company every week. Yeah. It's something new broke and it's you have on. no idea if they'll fix it. And a lot of times you show up next year, it's still broke. Um, so that felt really, really good. And that's when I really got the taste of like doing internal offsec and what you can actually accomplish there. And it actually, working at Facebook actually gave me hope that people could be secure because they have a really good program. Um, they're throwing a lot of money. They were throwing a lot of money at the program, but really good program. And that was the first place I had been, except for maybe one or two clients um, at Lara's. 
um, that I thought that, that, that I had seen with my own two eyes, seen them improve and get better over time. And uh, yeah, I was like, oh, maybe it's not as dire as it, it seems. Maybe people can actually have a decent program and actually put up a fight against these people. For the people that don't know you, can you ramble off some of the names, some of the company names you worked at? We already talked about Facebook. Go ahead. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, started out when I got on the military, U.S. Army Red Team, mm-hmm. um, then went to uh, Booz Allen for a short stint. <laughs> I did a, a very, very short stint at a, as on a U.S. Gov, gov contract. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what really set me in motion of nothing can be fixed. Um, <laughs> uh, where else? Uh, applied security, which I don't even know if they still exist. Was, you know, this is all like red team work. Mm-hmm. Um, Rabbit 7. Then, uh, yeah, Lares for a couple of years, three years, three, four years. Yeah, Facebook, Uber, Cruise, 100X, and now Robinhood. It's quite a list. I want to go into something because it's very interesting, right? We're all friends here. Chris, you and I. How was it? How was that conversation to tell such a good friend? Hey, I'm going to move on. I know, you know, where you moved on. But what does that conversation? It's hard sometimes to have that conversation just in general, right? But having it with such a good friend. That and and I know after you know you guys are best friends as well you know mm-hmm. to this day, but how is that conversation like? Like, man, that's that's a tough conversation to like. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm um, I, I'm out. How do you break up with your best friend? <sighs> right. Like that's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, how did that go? It didn't. I mean, it wasn't easy. Like, I I cried. He cried. Absolutely. Um, I mean, like you know, him and Eric are family. They're still family. Yeah. Um, we, you know, go on vacations together. They, we all know each other's kids. Um, and uh, yeah, it was hard. Like, uh, yeah, you was there for I, three or four years, man. Yeah, I mean, it was a long time. And we've been friends since, uh, I mean, since Chicago con back in like, you know, 2000. See, I went there and uh, 2007 2006 so we've been friends for almost 20 like 15 20 yeah years. yeah yeah um i'm trying to think yeah. i think you like introduced me i think i know it was in maryland i think it was one of the cons i think mm. you know me and chris got tight at your conference that you had the one day i believe oh um, the, the shmook on epilogue stuff yeah the okay. epilogue yeah. stuff when he was there and that's chris is the one that put me on to to you know headphones Mm, yeah you know just a side story chris is like flying back to denver and he's like he had to get some stuff and he just opens up his bag and he takes out like five headphones and Mm -hmm. i was like what why he was like let me break it down sit down yep yep (laughs) and i was just like ever since then i'm i'm a headphone junkie but you know i know those conversations is tough and and Man, I always wondered that, man, having that conversation with such a good friend, how hard it could be yeah. to be like, was, hey, you know, it, I, it's tough. I felt like I was letting somebody down that I did care about and still do care about. And, you know, I mean, in all honesty, I did, right? Because, yeah. you know, I was leaving the company. Um, I mean, it, it was really so, and we've, I think we, we talked about someone, like, I was really depressed. I just didn't know it, right? Yeah. Um, all the military stuff, like, you know, admitting to that and mental health, like any mental health stuff is you're just considered weak in the military. If, if you're having some sort of issue. And um, I was still in that mindset of like, well, I'm not weak. Or if I admit these things, I lose, lose this. I could lose, I could lose all these different things yeah. by admitting that I have a problem. Um, and it, yeah, just, I, I, and probably my, you know, I job top a lot because I thought that it was something external. I thought that it was the external job that was causing me the unhappiness and not understanding it was mm. myself, how much I love myself, what I thought of myself, the things I told to myself. Um, that was actually the problem. And it wasn't until I started doing self work that um, it start, I started to understand and it wasn't the external, it was the internal that was, was, was the problem. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's why it wasn't, I would say it was less strategic awesomeness, you know, of me job bobbing is like, I would, I would be like, I hate this place. This place is the worst. The next place will be better. And it's the same thing everywhere you go. Um, it's just the faces change. 
And it's it's me. It was me. That took me realizing that it was me and hitting rock bottom before uh, before that turned around. Yeah. Uh, how much have you grown during COVID? Technically, mentally, emotionally. Hmm. Probably could be better technically. Um, I'd say it's been a challenge to you know because we spent. I mean, those of us that are remote all the time. Even then, I wasn't on Zoom all day, and I ended up. You know, my my Zoom usage probably doubled or tripled, you know, as did pretty much everyone on the planets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a challenge to want to keep sitting in front of the computer when someone's not making me do it because I'm in a meeting. So I would say, like, it, um, I did less technical stuff, but I did have some budget at the last place. So we, we bought some training and did some things, and that was it. I had free reign to break into, like, hacking into whatever we wanted to at work. So, um there was no shortage of like, oh, I wonder what happens when I do this. And so we were able to, to do that. And, um, nice. Emotionally, uh, I mean, I think same challenge that everyone has. Like having, I went from having no one in my house all day for 10 years to having everyone in my house all day for a year. Super, super difficult, challenging transition. So we, we got through it as a family. Um, definitely had to upgrade the internet to, to, to make it all happen. But um yeah. And then I did, a, I mean, a lot of spiritual work because this, this whole thing really made me think about, um, you have to think about your, uh, I don't know, you, it, it ends and it could end and, you know, I had lots, we had lots, probably all know someone that, that passed away or almost passed away or got really sick with that. Yeah. And really makes you think about the finiteness of life. What are you doing with your life? Um, I think a lot about the, the, if then kind of thing of like, you know, if I make this much money, then I'm happier than I'm content. Or if I have this job title, if I have this thing, if I have this thing, then I'll be happier. I'll be content. And it really made me think about <clears throat> what am I putting on hold um, mm. in my life? What am I putting my happiness on hold for? And should I keep doing that? Mm. So that helped with that helped with wanting like to transition into a new position. Uh, that helped. You know, I bought the car that I always wanted to buy. Because I was Come like, on. you know what? I have, no, I have no guarantee that I'm going to be alive next year. What is year. the car? You have to. I got a uh, Range Rover Sport. Oh, nice. For yeah. that six it's... range. Hmm? For that six range? The Sport? Range Rover? Yeah, Range Rover Sport. Yeah. I got the you know supercharged V8. So mm. it's, it's, a, it's a race car. Um, it's the thing I always wanted. It's like the car I always wanted. Like I didn't really want after I outgrew like the Lamborghini Countach stage of life, like everyone goes through, um, that's the car that I always wanted. And I was like waiting and waiting and waiting. And I was like, you know what? I don't have no, I have no guarantee that I'm going to be alive next week. Mm. And at least now I can drive this car as fast as I want to drive it and enjoy everything that it has to offer and have the experience, have the life experience of, of you know, owning a car like this. So I did it. Um, still a little scary every month when I pay you, the note, but you have um, to send me a video you driving it. You know, I want to okay. see. I, I definitely want to see it. Send me some pictures. Um, one of one of the things that I love is like the things you tweet out. <clears throat> Positivity. You're always learning. Do you feel like you constantly are still in that mode of learning new things and and growing? All the time. And I think every time I think I get to where I'm getting a little too big for my britches, um, I'll have a conversation with someone and get put right back in my place of like, man, you know, I still have a lot more work to do. Um, I love it. I mean, that's, I'd say, I, I, I really think a spirituality and hacking is a really the intersection of like success as a human on this planet. Hackers, we do things people don't think are possible. We do that every day. You know, think of all the people that have like, broken into systems or just changed things or figured the things that the hacking community has done over my lifetime is just it's mind-boggling we pushed the state of technology so far um and when you apply that to spirituality and what you can do with metaphysics i think it's a natural and beautiful intersection of what you can do as a human to take that hacker mindset along with doing things in in the reality that we operate in and, you know, using law of attraction, using law of one, um, doing energy work, doing those other things that, you know, you know, are supposedly impossible to do, but then you do them and you have those experiences and you're left with this like, well, me and another person a thousand miles away had, had the same experience. Yes, sir. How do you, ex- how do you explain that? Right. Cause we, 
you know, done Reiki, um, doing other things. Um, like there's no explanation except for energy and, and it working the fact that, you know, you and I can do, do energy work and we, 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 we experience it in the same way or in a similar way. That's just, but that's hacker. I mean, that's hacker stuff. That's what we do. That's why I'm, it's, I don't know if people think it's annoying, but I, I love it because I'm just doing it's superhero stuff, right? You're, you're bringing out your superhero qualities that all these, all humans have. And we're just told that we can't do, but you can. That's exactly what hackers do all the time. Exactly. So I love it. So exactly. Yeah, it's, it's no different. You know, I, I've seen your growth over multiple years. I want to say over 10. Yeah, at least. What was, what was, that going through how did you get better right every year it felt like you were doing another talk at black hat or another talk at schmoocon and the growth like your growth spurt the blogs you were putting out i was like how the hell does he have so much time to not only write all these blogs but then have different he would you would present completely like different from the blog posts that you would put out Number one, how much time were you putting in? Because that's that's something that I want to know. How much time were you putting in? And where did you find the time to get all of that, like, just reps in the game in? Good question. Uh, it helped as a consultant because um, I got to see new tech every week. That helped drive a lot of that stuff. A, a lot of those blog posts came from just what I had to figure out on an, on an, on an assessment. Um and I think you can see, like, if you go back and track my LinkedIn versus uh, before when I switched to doing internal stuff, um, the the post actually slowed, started to slow down because um, I could no longer, if I said, oh, I, you know, use this exploit at work, everyone knew where I worked. And they're like, oh, so Facebook's vulnerable to this, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that slowed down. But um, I mean, part of it is like I was doing law of attraction and didn't know it because I, I, when I, when I got out, in the military, they teach you, you know, your, your three, five, 10 year plan. I did that. I had a great mentor, uh, Greg Conti. He's in our community now he's out and he he's in the, the hacking community. Now he really helped me like develop that, develop that list of things I want to do and help me make a plan to achieve those. And a lot of, a lot of those was like, be regarded as someone that knew what he was talking about in the industry. I had no idea how to do that, but I knew I needed to give talks to do that. Um, you know, cause I, I looked at the people that would, give talks and who were like probably like some early people like Dan Kaminsky, Dave Vitale, mm-hmm. who would be posting on these mailing lists and just putting this just absolute great content out um, and look at the careers they had. Right. Yeah. So I was like, I don't think I'll ever be as good as those guys, but um, they were some of the ones that inspired me to, to, to do those things. And at the time, you know, that was kind of pre before Twitch, before Twitter, mm-hmm. <clears throat> You know, that was really, I felt was the only way to get your name out there was to, to give talks and to do blogs. So I said, well, this is what I want to do. This is what I think will make me, um, make me like myself and make other people think I'm good at this. So I just did it. And then I had tons of great friends and help around like Mubix was awesome. We've done tons of talks together Mm -hmm. and Ken Johnson. And, um, I've been blessed enough to have really great friendships and friends that have people that have wanted to give talks to me and. Uh, do that and then um, I have you know my I have an in- inclination to to be a teacher and guide so like I I derive value I don't know if I derive value during the talk but I derive value after the talk of like having given the talk and having shared things and having people say they got something from the talk or they've got something from the blog post that I derive a lot of value from from helping people in that way um, I didn't know it at the time I've kind of since learned like that's kind of more my my thing that's why I enjoy that, even though at the time I didn't have like a, a reason for it. So. Yeah, I mean, I I just found out about that at least maybe like two or three months ago, right? About myself, because I've been writing blog posts at Sentinel One. And if you look at my blog posts, I think I have six now in like six months. All of them are teaching mm. how to do something. Yeah, this is cool. This threat intelligence, and this is how I pivoted. But this is how I got down to, and it's it's more of like teaching. So I noticed that about myself. One thing I had a quick question. You were saying a lot of the bulk of your work was when you were consulting, and what I like to do is go behind 
you know, I just want to go into your mind and, and say, okay, you're on an assessment, you're learning something new. What is that process like? And the reason why I'm asking you is because people are coming into the game that are going to watch this and they want to understand how they tackle something like a new protocol that you haven't worked on or, you know, an assessment on Oracle databases or whatever the case is. What is your process and how, what mindset do you take into it? Yeah, um, honestly, a lot of my process is installing it and looking, what am I clicking yes to? What are the defaults? What are the implications of the things that are already filled out for me? Um, like great example with Oracle, a lot of or the stuff that you would break into Oracle with was just defaults, just clicking through the installer. Um, so my process, yeah, when I have to like, I've come across a new technology, we can talk like this, talk to Kubernetes, for example, we just go through and start installing it and saying, okay, what, how does this run? How do most people install this? What do all the guides say? What is Stack Overflow? Because I'm looking at that to get it installed and running. And you say, okay, then, I, then it's kind of a little boring, but I'll read, read the manual, read the docs. Um, and just start saying, okay, this is what this, this is what this thing expects me to do. How can I do something else? Um, and, and you know, just that's really how I approach is what what can I do that I'm not supposed to do here? And it, 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 I don't know if that's t- making it too simple, but that's really is the process is as you're going through it, as you're installing it, as you're doing the configs. What could somebody do here to make a mistake? What could someone do that's a default, that's an insecure default? Um, and then just start just playing and fuzzing with that. That's, yeah. So that's, uh, that, that's my process for the most part, uh, especially on a technology that doesn't have a lot of posts. Like, obviously, now you go, if you're looking at Kubernetes, there's hundreds of blog posts on breaking into Kubernetes or whatever. But um, that's, I mean, that's still my process for something that hasn't been looked at is let's, let's, install it. Let's read what the instructions say to do and start poking and saying, okay, how do I, how do I get to that account? What's, Ooh, that's a new account. I didn't see that in there. What's the password for that? Is it random or is it something easy? How do I get to it? You know? Yeah. That's really the process. That's what's up. You've built Nova hackers. I believe you start in 2012. Was it 2012 or 2013? No, earlier than that, I believe. Yeah, probably earlier than that. Yeah. yeah, Rob Rob Fuller and I put that together. Yeah, can you? What was the idea behind that? Yeah, I, I love the story. Um, at the time, there was probably like two or three large. There was an OWASP kind of group. Um, there was NovaSec that was run by Richard Baitlick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was one other group. And I went to, and so I just moved moved here. And I don't know. I selfishly wanted to know all these there's a lot of great hackers in the nova area and i'm i'm actually you know this i'm shy around people i don't Mm -hmm. know so it's like hard hard to make friends and it was hard to uh know these people that i wanted to know but i also felt like like the oas meetings you would show up you you would eat pizza someone give a talk and then you would leave and there was not really a chance to get to know anybody except for the speaker Mm -hmm. so um, aha was the thing. So the Austin hackers was a thing and their thing was, um, you had to give a talk. And, um, I was like, I love that. You know, one, you know, at the time it was really hardcore about you need to participate and, you know, you know, do your fair share. But then it really became, if you come up and speak, then I get to learn who you are. And that's really the, probably the magic there is, um, you're giving back to your community, but you're also getting yourself known. And it makes it easier to make friends and makes it and all that. So uh, because that group didn't exist, none of the existing groups really wanted to go to that model. You know, Rob and I said, let's try to try to make this happen. And, you know, poached a few people from different places and uh, started the group up and it, it just really took off from there. And uh, we still have a really strong core group of people that have been there from the beginning, like the janitor and Craig Bowser and some other guys. And um, the core group of people are, are amazing definitely family at this point are you guys meeting up online mm-hmm. you still do them uh, virtually oh wow yeah. man you know i met a lot of people <clears throat> at nova i loved it explain what does it take in your eyes to be a good red teamer you've been doing it for so long red teamer hmm. that's a good question man um 
I would say ask, what does Chris Nickerson say? That would be my answer. Um, hard work. Hard work. Hit the pavement. Hmm. Get on the grind. I should have watched. I should have finished watching that before we got on here. Uh, what does it take to be successful there? Um, you need to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of things that aren't cliche to say. Um, it help. It helps to under start to understand how different things go together. So he, he has that that amazing um, Venn diagram that he created, and with the social, electronic, and physical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think anybody that wants the red team or is a red team should really study and understand that Venn, that, you know, three circle Venn diagram. Um, that really is the intersections of those things are things that I still think people don't understand. Um, and, why, and why, you know, the great example, you know, great example of like the intersection of physical and electronic where you break into a building and put a, and get into the network from that perspective, right? Because those are breakdowns of two vastly different teams. Because physical security and um, IT security almost never talk to each other unless they have to. So um, those those edges where two dis two you know, different teams intersect create a lot of vulnerability. <clears throat> um, so that's one that's one thing. Um, I think a good red teamer, you know, in twenty twenty one and beyond um, needs to understand defenses and but also how do you fix the things that you're finding um that's probably a shortcoming i do see with a lot of people is they're in then it's not their fault it's just um, they're in the same spot that i was in which is like I, I just find broken shit and that's my job is to find broken things and throw it over the fence at you yeah um it takes a lot to to um elevate and evolve your mind into you know your your metric being how many things did i fix and as a as a consultant it's still very difficult to make that your own metric uh, internal red teams can can shift to that though, and that's what I've done on my teams. Is we don't track broken things; we track the things that we fixed. Like uh, the completion of that engagement or the completion of that that thing is that the thing is fixed, mm-hmm. um, and I track that and I keep up with it. And before that was somebody else's problem, and it's uh, it's only now that I've made it my problem that I actually am, I'm incentivized to nag people until they fix it. Um, Because I don't get to close the JIRA ticket out or whatever until it's fixed. Um, Technical ability, obviously. um, Mindset. Passion. I I hate the word passion these days, but I'd say drive. Drive to learn and and do things. It's you have to be creative. You have to, you know, especially when you're doing the social stuff. And I I mean, I personally feel like the social engineering and like fishing is getting harder and harder and harder, uh, especially with the various with. I would say like the lack of current payloads of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you've got to you've got to get crafty. You've got to get out of the box. You and you've got to keep trying. And you've only got so many whacks at it usually. So you need to to put hard work into you know do the grind, do the hard work to uh, to get a good payload, test your payloads. Uh, I've made man, I've made so many monumental mistakes over the years doing stuff. Um, yeah, and be willing to make mistakes. I think is another key thing. Um, I really like to say play and explore. You really need to be willing to play and explore. And as part of that, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things that didn't go well. Um, you're going to do things that just flat out didn't work. But that that play and exploration is really where um, the success lays, lies in the, 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 the willingness to do that. Who has mentored you over your amazing career? I know you mentioned uh, one person earlier that was in the Army with you. I like to give people their flowers and I know you could go ahead and shout them out and give them some love because your, your career speaks volumes. The work that you've put out there. Yeah, man. Put me on the spot. Um, Joe McRae. I would not be where I'm at today without Joe McRae and that man's shout infinite amount of patience. Um, shout out to Joe. Yeah, Joe. Greg Conti, uh, you know, Chris Nickerson, Eric Smith, for sure. Um, I'll say Adam Yu, he was at um, Applied Security with me. Amazing person, really taught me a lot. Um, Mubix, of course. Um, I'd say you and your brother helped me out along the ways a lot. Um, um, yeah, I'm sure I'm, for, I'm gonna forget a million people. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Um, there's really too many, you know, all the Nova Hacker people, like I've, they've come to me, we've had conversations. Like that has been an invaluable resource for having questions answered. Uh, almost all my talks were given at Nova Hackers first, 
and all the honest feedback I got from the people there have made me give much more improved talks. Um, and I'm sure I'm forgetting people. Hayden Johnson, uh, it was actually a mint, someone I mentored, but you know, you're, it's the mentor, mentor, mentee relationship is always, mm-hmm. it always, it always turns on you during the process of where the mentee becomes the mentor. Um, I'm actually a big believer in um, being me being mentored by younger people because they are one, the future, but two, they look at things different than I do. So um, I think it's really important for, you know, 30 plus 30 year old plus people to find the, the early teen, late teens, early twenties people to mentor them because they are thinking about problems so differently than we had to. Yeah, absolutely. So also very important. Uh, John Cran. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting people. If I forgot you, I'm so sorry. He, yeah. he, didn't, give me, what, he didn't give me the question. Ahead of time. <laughs> what advice, prepared a long list. What advice can you give someone, you know, our viewers out there to find the mentor? Right. For me, I always felt like if I wanted to know a subject, you know, I I look to, you know, who's who's the leader in there, who's putting out the most content, you know, and try to figure out, read their white paper and and do that. What what would you recommend for someone finding a mentor? I mean, there's been a couple of groups. I don't know if they're still active where you could apply to be one or the other. Um. I guess even if I was given some advice, I would say there's there's probably one or two people that you you look up to for 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 a variety of reasons or one reason or the other, and to just ask. I think most people want to give the time. Like, no one in our position would be where we were without mentors. I think most of us are willing to you know pay it forward and repay that to someone that asks. I would just say as a mentee, um, you know, be prepared to do the things that they ask. Um, within reason, you need to put in, I think you got to put in the work. I agree. Not only do I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Not only, sorry about that. Not only do I agree with that, but for me, I always tell people you should have multiple mentors, not Mm -hmm. only in, in cybersecurity, but financially, you know, health, wealth, everything in between. The more information you could consume, the better decisions you're going to make to get to that next level. And it's always yeah. about getting to that next level. Yeah. Let me add a little more to that before I lose my, lose my train of thought on it. Sure. Um, mentors should be, be thought more of as coaches than teachers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where people get lost is they want someone to teach people. Like, oh, I want you to teach me this. No, mm. I'm a, a mentor is a coach. You're going to tell them what you want to achieve and they're going to help you come up with a plan to do it. And then it's up to you to do it. Now, if I have time, I might check in on you occasionally, but we've come up with that plan together, or I've said, this is what I did to achieve that thing. You may or may not have to follow the same path, most likely not. Um, but let's come up with a, a couple things for you to try. And then let's check back in with me. Or like, I want to know this topic. Well, this book is great for that topic. This, these couple talks are great for that topic. Why don't you go watch them and then come back and ask me questions. And then we'll, we'll do the next round of that. I think people get lost and they think a mentor is supposed to teach them their coach. And coaches don't teach. They, they help you do the things that you have set out to accomplish. Right. Just like every, every basketball coach, he's not out there playing. He's instructing them to, to use their talents in the most effective way to, to win the game. And well, I don't think sad. people think about the problem that way, but if they do, that will help them. I think get more out of their mentor mentor mentee relationship. Yeah. What when people ask me to mentor them, I say no problem. You got to do me a favor before we begin. You got to read three books for me. Nice. What are those books? The Fiftieth Law, of course. Um, Mastery, and the third one, The Art of Learning. Oh, nice. And I just give that to them, and ninety percent. Ninety percent do not come back. Yep, and that's fine. And that's fine because this is what I want. I want to put that buffer and say, "Hey, this is the skills you need. You're gonna to have to, you know, mastery. Huh, it's a it's a huge book, you know. Um, but those are like I have like five different books that I like to give out. But those are the three I always give out. And 
you know, that's where I learned um, triggers, like the art of learning. It goes into how to build triggers, right? Where you have headphones with certain music and you have scent and you bring that in. And it's something that I always talk about because you need to learn about yourself, what, how to motivate yourself, how to get yourself in a positive mindset to start, you know, hacking away. And, and for me, that's what I learned. And through books and understanding and having conversations like we're going to have, um, especially the next question I have for you, it is something that we're both passionate about, right? Because I read a few tweets um, that you do certain types of meditation and focusing and and positivity. And for me, that is my North Star to be positive, to to send out positive vibes to people and give love. And, and that's what I've always tried to do. It's, it's not something that I'm not, right? I, every time it's, it's always being positive. How did you make that transformation? I know you were talking about, you know, you were in, not in a good space before, mm-hmm. but you got into a good space. And especially during this time, that's something very important to talk about. And I wanted to ask you that. Good question, man. Well, um, how do you get positive? Where do I start? Um, I guess I'll start like, I, you know, I, as a hacker, I use myself as the, the person, the, the guinea pig on most of these things. Mm-hmm. And that helped because I would just try these things and see if they worked and see if they had me feeling any better. Um, my, my journey started with, with hypnosis and past life regressions, mm-hmm. um, where I got to see, you know, that's, you know, perhaps a touchy subject for people on here, but, yeah. um, it helped me see that it started it's to your open truth. my eyes to be, it's to your be, truth. It's my truth. So, well, it started to open my eyes to be, there being more to what I was being told, mm-hmm. you know, like again, Hackers know that on, on, on a large swath of things, mm-hmm. but there's this other swath of things around metaphysics that is, you know, you're crazy if you, if you are into some of that stuff, but it opened the, med- the, the hypnosis opened me up to um, why some people are in my life. Uh, some other challenges I've had, the fact that we're eternal beings started to started to open my eyes. The fact that we're eternal beings Um from there, it moved into the energy work and, and into Reiki. And um, when you learn Reiki one, you do 30 days. You're supposed to do like 30 days straight of Reiki yeah. on yourself. And I was a different person at the end of that. That's, I, that's what's up. I mean, anybody that's like meditated for 30 days straight, you've probably gotten a taste of that. But when you start to, you really start, because you're, you're focusing on healing yourself and loving yourself. And I, up until that point, I didn't, I, even at that point, I didn't like myself. I didn't love myself. I was never told I was good enough. Um, never, you know, you, we just get taught. A lot of us get taught that we're just not good enough. You know, mm-hmm. um, you're a sinner. You're a bad person. You're just, a, you know, everything's evil. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get told that and you get indoctrinated into that, it sticks. Cause you, when you learn that as a child, it, it sticks yeah. into yeah. your adults. So it messes you up. Stuff like messi- that messes, it messes you, up. you up. That's honestly why my kids don't go to church because I want them. I I'm all about a mm-hmm. lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm all about them choosing that for themselves mm-hmm. with, with an, with a adult mind. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not to get not too far on that type, but yeah. And then like oh, life coaching, I found a coach and mentor and we really worked on opening my heart. And that's forgiving, forgiving people, forgiving myself and really starting to love myself. And, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been like, what an asshole talking about loving yourself. But that really is the key is you have to start to like who you are. And that is insanely difficult these days because we're constantly bombarded with how not right or how not good enough we are when almost everything that we engage in and everything we do, everything on social media Everything everywhere is you are not good and is telling you you're not good enough. And you have to start to spend that time to start to love yourself. And so a lot of healing, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of gratitude, really looking and, you know, I do a lot of gratitude work. Um, I I really like to point people. That is very, very important. I think self-affirmations is something that, you know, I, I love to do, right? Like there's sometimes 
I'm just walking down my hall and I'm walking like Conor McGregor stop and it's like, mm-hmm. let's go. Yeah. Let's, like, like, I pump myself up, right? Yeah. I don't need a hype, man. I don't need other people to tell me. It's like, you got this. Let's go. Yeah. And it's I mean, that self-love and affirmation and, and continually trying to grow and be a better person every day. Yeah. Other people's bodies pick up on the vibration that you give out. Mm-hmm. If you hate yourself you're giving out that vibration, right? Mm-hmm. And when you get getting close with someone and their bodies are doing that energetic thing, they feel the self-hate. And who wants to associate with self-hate? Mm-hmm. Nobody. So like if you're lonely and all that, and you also hate yourself, there's you have to change yourself. The idea is like if reality is a reflection of who we are, when you look in a mirror, you don't change the reflection by putting your hand on the mirror. You have to change yourself to change the reflection. Mm-hmm. So you have to start to love yourself. And then, for, and again, all that starts with forgiveness, kindness, um, you know, looking at things and the, the duality of things, looking for the positive in things, right? Because positive and negative are, per, are, are perceptions. You know, my, how, my take on a thing is my perception of it. Yep. And you have to understand that's a personal thing. You can change it. So if you don't like your perception on it, you can reevaluate and you can be free to, to reevaluate. There's, there's always that perspective in terms of having a glass either full or half empty. And yeah. for I, me, what I try to concentrate on is what is going to be my champagne moment of the day? Can I create mm-hmm. it? Am I going to create it? And if I am in the morning, I try to create what is going to be my champagne moment of the day. Right. And then I also say, how am I going to prevent a, a glass from falling? And if it does fall and breaks, how am I going to react to it? And what are the possible things that could get me there? Yep. Right. And it's predicting that date. If I could prevent it, I can react a certain way or I won't react to that if I predicted it. So yep. I, I love what you're saying, because especially now, mental health is so important because you know, I have friends, I had a friend I spoke to last week. He was like, my dad died last, last year. And I, I'm still going through it because it was from COVID. Right. I have a family member that passed away. I think it was earlier this year from COVID. So, you know, there's a lot of stress as well as anxiety. You know, you're going out, you haven't had that contact. You're still in this bubble and then when you go out of the bubble, it's like fear because whatever boogeyman's invisible, invisible. So it is a lot of stress. There is a lot of stress going on. How it's, have you uh, dealt with it? It's exalt. We we uh, went to a theme park last week for spring break, and they did a good job of social distancing. But it, it was utterly exhausting being around people again. I was completely spent for like two days after. Yeah, uh, not not because we walked. Not because I was out in the sun too long or mm-hmm. because we walked really far. But I think it was just being around people again because I haven't been around anybody for a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I, I was saying the same thing. I'm like, it's been over a year now. How's it going to be like when I go out into the office? Am I going to have like a little bit of social anxiety as well as thinking, you know, that potentially someone might have uh, COVID, even though I had the vaccine. But this is the world we live in. And, and I think you know, you have to mentor, mentally prepare for that, right? And yeah, and, and, and especially I'm a caregiver, so my mother is of age where she's definitely a risk. So mm-hmm. to me, it's, it, I'm, my senses are even heightened when I'm in an area of, of something like that. So, you know, it, it's, it's good to have this conversation, and I really haven't had this conversation in depth because I think it's important to have and to share not only your experiences, but my experiences and, and some of the things that I do in the morning, right? I have a little routine to get me in that zone, right? I think exercise has put me in a, in a zone of happiness in the mornings. I make sure I get that out of the way and then eating right to fuel my day with positivity, because you're going to tell me, you're going to feel better with, you know, a Big Mac or something that is going to fuel your day, let's say, with a, a protein bowl, 
of some sort yeah. and with 100%. lower carbs, right? And I think that is 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 understanding oneself and and looking within themselves to be like yes or no. So yeah, the beauty know, of meditation is your body when you start to be able to meditate, your body starts to tell you what you should and should not eat. And I think most people don't mm-hmm. even need to be like great meditators. So I think. A lot of times you're eating something and you're like, I probably shouldn't do this. Like your body is telling you, I don't need to eat this, but we do it anyway because it's a habit or we just think we need it. And your I want to is actually telling you what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. I definitely want to go back because I recall we were at ShmooCon and, and you had said something about how you weren't in a good space before and now you smile way more. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> you smile way more. You were so like, you didn't even have a smile oh, ever. Being a, being a grumpy asshole was my thing. Um, that was, that, was, like <laughs> that was your thing. And I you was know? like, I'm, I'm, I really, really appreciate anyone that put up with me through those years because I'm sure I was actually not fun to be around at all. I mean, um, listen, you, your face was like hard as we would, as I would say, like, I was unhappy. Like if you were in a rap video, that would be, that would (laughs) think of like a hard DMX rap video. You will be on, on like the DMX, like in the car with him. That's what I would say. And compared to now you're so vibrant, you're smiling and it's, it's so good to see you in, in that good space. And you know, I'll tell you, you want to know the secret? Absolutely. That's why I'm, 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 here's the secret, man. You are supposed to be in joy and feel good the majority of the time you're on this planet. Mm. That's it. We're not supposed to feel like shit. You're not supposed to be miserable. You're not supposed to be sad. You're going to have those moments because you need those challenge and transition moments to really fully enjoy the rest. Mm -hmm. You are not supposed to be miserable. You're supposed to be in enjoying your life when i started to actually understand that and then look more for those moments if you look for negative shit you're going to find negative things Mm -hmm. if you look for positive things i mean you've taught me that you taught me that you're the most positive person i know in the business thank Um, you man you're always in a good mood always happy always smiling um if you look for the positive that's what you find a million million people have talked about this that's really is the secret is what are you looking for each day um, and then some like sub secrets are how do I how do I mentally get myself ready for that? And you were talking about some of those. A great mm-hmm. book on that is like Indistractable by yeah. Neil Neil Ear. Um, amazing book on like taking back the time from your day. But really, it's your it's your morning routine. Like you're talking you're talking about exercise, meditation. Uh, what are you consuming in the morning? What are you consuming mentally in the morning? You know, are you jumping on work emails? Are you jumping on Facebook and looking at negative shit first thing in the morning? Mm -hmm. Or do you do all your positive things in the morning? Do you look for positivity and and start the day like that? And so like, I don't look at social media in the morning. I don't do anything. Don't look at the the price of Bitcoin. Well, after (laughs) I'm done with all those other things. And then the day is just, you're already off. You're already off on a better start. Mm-hmm. And you are controlling your mornings most of the time, and there are obviously cases when you're not. But um, for yeah, the most I, part, I, both I, are in control of their mornings for the most part. I completely agree with you. Like, if you look at a kid one years old, two years old, you know, unless they, they're always happy, they're always jumping. Yep. Even a three or four year old, they don't no know any better. To be unhappy, exactly, yeah. no one knows unless you know you have someone grumpy always on them. Then they're like. Ah. They don't know. Yeah. Well, that's the way life is. Like, better enjoy <laughs> yeah, life yeah, yeah. Stuff. And that's work, a, and then you're gonna. That's die. the that's thing. Everyone told me, and yep. I was like, "Well, here I am. You know, quarter way through, third way through my life, and uh, it sucks because everyone told me it was gonna suck. So yeah. I just expect it to suck. You know what? If you start turning that around, like, you know what? You're supposed to actually have a good day. You're supposed to have fun. Yeah. Or and that's what I do. I'm like, all right. It's it can it can be awful. And still, you can still have fun, even though it's awful. I think and that's, that's, you know, one of, one of the things that I always do in the morning when I wake up and it, people might think it's cheesy, but I love to do it. You, you said it earlier about loving yourself. The first thing I do is love my heart. And I always thank my heart when I wake up. Thank you, heart. You didn't take a, you didn't stop beating yesterday. Yep. Last night over. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you, heart. 
and I begin my day like I appreciate you. You're not taken for granted. Thank you. And I begin my day, right? And that's for me, that's my self-loving. Like that's what gears me up to put me in that right mood. Like, thank you. I appreciate you. You know, so yeah, I mean, it's another day to literally I mean, we're you know, we're in a, an amazing simulation. You can do basically anything you want. Yeah. Right? You can say whatever you want, you can do whatever you want. Not that there's not consequences to those actions, but you're ultimately free. Yeah. So yeah, waking up and be like, I got another day to smash it, right? Yeah. Like, and then there's other tricks. Like you can stack on like, what are my top couple things I want to do today to 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 tell me mentally that I smashed it, right? Yeah. Um, what is those champagne yeah. moments, right? Or yeah. or yeah, what yeah. what what stuff you need to get you to that next level, right? It's not just checking off a to do list and not being and being upset you didn't check those to do lists off. Right. To do lists are, are made to be done. And, and that's cool. But if you don't get to it, it's like, OK, I got it tomorrow. And I think, you know. I think it's always about go, go, go. But smell the roses. Enjoy yourself. Oh, yeah. I'm laughing because um, I had to, I used to make these giant to do lists and I yeah. never did them. So I actually worked with a coach and I switched to doing one work thing a day that I want to accomplish and one personal thing. That's mm. Nice. I have two things a day that are on my list. And obviously, you know, I, in my mind, I want to get more things done and there's obviously tons of stuff to do, but I can have my champagne moment. If I get those two things done, those are, and then the rest is just extra. Right. And then you get the momentum going. There's a lot of tricks around getting the momentum going. Oh yeah. But, um, I, it, the people that have those like page long to do lists, it just gives me anxiety. Yeah. It's, it. it's long. <laughs> what I usually do is just write, Right there. Yep. If I get to it, I get to it. If I don't, hey, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. You know, if my a- manager says, hey, I need this done ASAP. Okay, gotcha. It's it's yep. ASAP. It's, you know, all right, I got it. But if yep. I'm doing something, it's like, all right, I'll do it right after I do this or whatever yep. the case is. And it's like, look, at the end of the day, your best is your best you can do. Period. I agree. Your best is your best you could do. If it's not at the level that someone else wants you, well, that's their expectation. Yeah, and that's did they even did they even get clearly define that expectation to you? That uh, most most likely they now didn't. that <laughs> is awesome because a lot of times many people don't have that expectation. Right, this is the expectation, and if you meet it or you can't meet it, also you got to negotiate. Hey, look. Your expectation is unreasonable. Like, yep. this is where it should be. I think, okay, where can we meet in the middle? Yep. Or That's I could good. do more, you know, and it's yep. and it's figuring out. It's, <clears throat> everything is a negotiation. And, you know, I love it, man. Chris, I appreciate Expect- it. Expectations and boundaries are two things that are much better stated and enforced. Yes. So, uh, I think this right here, this is needed. And I hope this episode hits someone that that needs it. You know, if, if you're going, if you're down and out, man, my DMs are open. I am same. always willing to help. And I was just going to say, I know, Chris, you're the same way. And guess what? I was down and out and I reached out to you and you said, no problem. I got you. 4 p.m. I was going some through something and I thought it was worse than what it was. And and I, I needed a check. Uh, uh, I needed someone. And I reached out to you. I remember that. And, and we had that conversation. And we had that session. And it was it, it, it really put me where I needed to be. It relaxed me. It was it was high tense, you know. And I appreciate it. And I'm and honored I, to have been there for you, man. That's the what other joy, I mean, that's the best thing you can do as a human, <clears throat> excuse me, to be able to be there for someone when they needed you and do anything that could make them feel better. So Absolutely. I'm honored. To and have I'm, been able I'm to do hope, that. I hope when this goes out, everybody will smash our DMs because one of the things that I love is to provide value. You know, most of the time when I'm doing and, and these episodes launch and people give me kudos, all I say is, man, all I want to do is. Pr- create good content and provide value for people. One is better than zero all the time. If I could touch one person, that's good enough for me. I don't need masses or anything. It's always 
how can I provide value? And if, if I could touch someone, you know, that's, that's what it is. Chris, man, it's always a pleasure. And, and hopefully I'm hoping that this year we get to link up. I think we're, we're, we're hopefully I'm one shot away from being fully vaccinated and that's going to happen next week. So I think we should meet up in Denver this year. Sounds good to me. Or, or next year. To go to, I'm always looking for a reason to go to Denver. Yeah, so that that will be cool. I greatly appreciate it. Anything, any last words to the Hack Chat citizens out there? No, man, unprepared. Um, no, I mean, do your best. Work on self-love. Um, hit me up. I'm happy to chat with anybody about this stuff or hacker stuff. It's all the same to me. You know, they intersect and I love that intersection. So yeah, hit me up. Chris, thank you so much, man. This is, this is going to make waves and I hope it does. And I hope it reaches you on time before, you know, you get to, before you get to that dark place of, you don't think there's any hope you listen to us and, and, and just reach out. You know, we're, we're, our DMs are open and whatever we could do, I know we, we can help you or just advice in general. So until next time, thank you, Chris, and all of you, thank you. Take care.